not unleash holy hell on them if they named you Thorin Smallwood? Yes, I would. Oh, God. Hey, welcome to Friday, everybody. Game of O's. Game sure. of O's. the owns. The owns are flowing, actually, like wine this evening. Literally 45 seconds ago, Eric and I were deliberating on a, uh, on a Skype whether or not to record um, because... We may be recording a lot later than we had planned on previously recording. It's the truth. No, and and sometimes, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, and and these are those desperate measures. These are the voyages of the desperate measures enterprise that we were taking uh, on this five-year mission to do Game of Bones. So here we are. It's Friday, and the reason that we feel that we can be so... Um, quick and, and, uh, what's, what's the word? Down to earth about this, uh, episode. Well, it is Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because it's like a, also a five page chapter that we read. Um, right. John Snow, of course, we're speaking of, uh, how long was the audiobook? 15 minutes. And I was surprised actually that it was 15 minutes, but you know, normal chapters are like 45, 60, especially the past few that we've had with Daenerys and Theon was an hour long. Right. Um, yeah, 15 minutes. Jon Snow is at uh, White Tree, you know, with uh, some members of the Wall, and uh, really, that's it. They kind of uh, are about to head out when the uh, chapter ends. Nothing. You know, this is our 126th episode. You know, yesterday, or I should say, uh, Wednesday's episode was a landmark, man. One and a quarter. I know. So now it's just Eric and I. Um, I had some engine troubles. I feel like I need to explain this for one moment. So if there's people in the world that have warnings on their cars that say, warning, uh, don't put in lower than this octane gas in their car. <laughs> I don't care if you're by a farm community traveling or anything like I was. Um, don't put lower octane in. Just run out of gas and just sleep on the side of the road for four days until someone brings you higher octane fuel. Because later in your life, your engine will overheat and other people will suffer because of that. <laughs> okay, so I've never known anybody who had to put higher octane gas in their car. It's true. It sucks. And luckily, my transition is impending. Um, Jon Snow and the rest of the folks that left the cozy, cozy keep on the wall decided to trudge forward. And trudge is not a word, but I think that we just we just coined it in here. And yes, I think they're it's in trudge. this I think trudge. Tr- Trudge is a word. It has trudge to be. plus edge equals trudge. So they, yes. they, they, you know, because when you edge forward, you scoot slowly. When you trudge, you're like sorrowful. So they're both sorrowful, cold, and going slowly. They're at this place called White Tree, which is a community of, well, I guess it used to be a community of wildlings, right? Yeah, yeah apparently. But I, I think from the beginning of the chapter, it says there are only four houses in it. Well, it's still a community. It's about like the place I'm in right now. Kind of similar to it. <laughs> You're like, it's not all, all that different from the American Midwest, Eric. No, it's true <laughs> that the chickens overpopulate humans and uh, also dogs put together. I don't know what place. I would do if chickens overpopulated me like in an area where I was. Well, it's easy. You just got to, just like on Zelda, uh, chop open some bushes, look underneath them first, check for chickens, and then you would physically... Um, harm them. Until... That is not the Zelda that I played, man. The Zelda, the Zelda that I played had to deal with like, uh, was it fiery bushes and a wizard who always wa- an old lady with one tooth who always wanted to give me things. Anyway, sorry, we're not making a Zelda podcast, but you guys get the idea. It's a dangerous place, um, and it's less dangerous when there's nobody there. Or is it more dangerous? Hmm. You, you know, you could almost the tension was so thick you could almost cut it 
with a, a dull butter knife. Like the kind of knife that Sam uses on his PB&J sandwich. It's true. And this place would have been, I think, a nice little stop, much like Craster's Keep, except hopefully, since there's only four houses, I just feel like in a community such as this, quite possibly, the wildlings wouldn't just attack the Men of the Night's Watch. They wouldn't just attack them. I would like to think that. But I'm also not sure if the rangers north of the wall would just attack them. Like, I don't really know the dichotomy there. They haven't really explained that too much. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And you're talking about if the wildlings had actually been there, sort of what would have happened, right? Right. I just think, I mean, obviously it would have played out differently because in this chapter, we just see our party. They're literally checking everything out and they're having interior dialogue as well as to each other um, on ways this could have happened, like why they've gone, where they've gone. But it's just eerie. I mean, I think there's a line in this chapter that the haunted forest never seemed more haunted. You know, this forest where they are north of the wall, they're going to these essential ghost towns or towns that have been evacuated. Even, you know, whatever small possessions the wildlings have, they took with them. All they're finding in these 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 towns, these villages, including White Tree, are bones and ash. You know, this reminds me um – the chapter we literally just did on Monday, you know, we had Simone on on Wednesday, but literally the chapter just before this was based in discovering a deserted town where people had just up and left. And now this is the next chapter. I didn't chapter. make that connection. You know, the connection that I made was that we were with Jorah Mormon and now we're with Commander Old Bear Mormon. <laughs> What's his first name? Micah, do you know his first name? Yeah, Micah Zayer. Yeah, he's- Gior. What? Holy sh- (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're recording, good sir. Me? Yeah, are you recording? Oh my- Okay. 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 (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Micah Tannenbaum has made a- Walk away and think for a moment. Micah Tannenbaum has made a surprise and ever so knowledgeable entrance into this Friday's episode of Game of Owns, everybody. Welcome, Micah. Thanks. Anything that rhymes with Eeyore. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> categorically the knowledge that you retain if it rhymes with Eeyore. Pretty much, yeah. That has to be this episode title. It won't happen R- for about another hundred episodes. Rhymes with Eeyore. There we are. I'm sorry, Zach. We pulled a fast one. I actually added him a little while ago, and then I knew that he would see us in the conversation and then be able to – because he just signed on. We didn't think you could make it tonight, Micah, so we're very, very grateful to uh, – we love this. This is great. We got our regular three-panel minimum host that we prefer. Listen, I love that you're here, Micah. I, I did not have Skype open. Like I'm looking at my landing page on Safari because I was going to look something up really quickly. And it's uh, Skype has been minimized for minutes now. We're recording the show and that just happened. But no, I mean, Zach's comparison here where we, we had a deserted village as far east as any of our characters have been in the previous chapter with Danny. And now we have this deserted village that I think is is interesting. Um because it, it, it kind of heightens the threat in the East to that which is, is being experienced in the West. In the East, I just assumed it was some horse uh, kings that were, that horse were kings. killing some people. It's yeah. so funny you brought that up um, when you're talking about Commander Mormont because the same situation as this. And this this is a strange theory, and I'm not even going to define an exact theory, so take from this what you will, but – you know, like I said, we had a chapter just before this one where they were infiltrating a deserted town where no one was there. And they had lots of conversation about 
how did this happen? What were these people like? Where did they go? And this same conversation was had in a slightly more educated manner because they know the people that did live, live there in this chapter. Mm-hmm. But we did have Jorah, who was speaking down to Danny and giving her advice, offering her advice. And in this next chapter, we have Old Bear, who is speaking down to John and offering John advice. I think it's a great parallel or just a great you know, synergy between the two chapters that you guys pointed out. You almost wouldn't expect a chapter this short to mean almost anything. Like it, it feels – because it's so short, they don't even necessarily go anywhere. There's – in this town, it's like George like had a, a, a deadline or had to meet – had to like fulfill. Like in case you're wondering what's happening north of the wall, here it is. And then on to more pressing matters that are happening elsewhere. I made a note here though and, and Eric, I feel like or, – or Zach, maybe you can – dig deep into my mind and find out why I wrote it down. But Please. You, you, you talked about um, the connection um, between the this chapter and the previous one, but also there there was a connection mentioned uh, really between Old Bear and John, um, something about telling lies. Oh. It was it was tied to the trees though, right? I, I just right. feel like there's such a father-son relationship that exists between John and – Old bear. Old bear, and maybe it's more of a mentor-mentee relationship, but manatee. <laughs> manatee. It's a manatee relationship. I don't know. Do they have those in Westeros? Well, they probably do. There's manatees, lots of seas. Maybe in maybe in Blackwater uh, before the incident. Blackwater, you think? <laughs> before the incident. Yes, uh, you're not allowed to ride your motorboat in Blackwater for fear of. Endangering the uh, flesh-eating manatees. manatees. What is that called? Uh, <laughs> wake speed. You just have to keep that to a minimum. Well, I think, Mike, <laughs> I think you're right. Um, and there are a few reasons that I, I could draw. There are just a few parallels I could or comparisons I could draw right now. Uh, John has Old Bear's son's sword. Is the thing you know that sword that he's got? Long claw is it? Uh, was supposed right. to be for Jorah, and no, instead no. John has it. So there's that. Um, and not to mention that. Uh, John is the one who says, I think, I think it is John who says that, you know, my father believed that no man could tell a lie in front of a tree, uh, meaning a, a werewood tree like this one, which is very holy. Um, and Jor said, oh, or, uh, sorry, Gior said, mm-hmm. uh, my father did believe that as well. So there's that similarity in which these are both men from the north. Um, we know now that Gior, is from Bear Island, which is also in the north, just like Westeros, and has the same gods as Ned Stark worshipped. So there's that northern sensibility that they both share, whereas other men on the wall may be from the south. They may actually have known warmth at one point in their lives, which sucks for them. Um, but uh, no, these these are two very similar men, and they could be father and son. And, and the fact that if you want to view Old Bear as being, you know, as the Lord Commander as being everyone's father on the wall, then there's also that comparison. He would probably get mad if you drew that comparison, but yeah, <laughs> he'd be like, no, no, I don't father these. But well, because there's there's also there's not much compassion. They're just surviving. There's no it's not really like tenderness necessarily um, in, in unless you count some of that. I mean, there's still room for um Comedy, I want to say, or lightheartedness. I mean, Jorah thinks that what Sam is doing to the Ravens, for instance, making them learn words, is ridiculous. Um, you called him Jorah again. <laughs> did I? Did I call him Jorah? You know what, Gior, Jorah. It's too close. 
old bear, old bear thinks that what Sam is doing with the Ravens is ridiculous. And he says that, uh, even if you teach Ravens to talk, they'll never say anything worthwhile. How does he know? But, uh, yeah, no, so there's a little bit of light. Well, he's comedy. got a Raven that never shuts up. So I think that, that influences <laughs> card, his card, yeah. old card, old card, tree, card. tree. Oh, we're, card. uh, we're very, uh, Honored to have this guest on uh, our Friday episode. It's, <laughs> it's Old Bear's Raven. Card, out, out, out. I don't have anything more interesting to say. <laughs> Somebody get this bird some old I corn. Still can't Seriously. believe you just showed up out of nowhere. But but, th- but this I chapter. Do... Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no. Um, but uh, I think I'm starting to remember just what uh, I wrote down there because <laughs> it, it's a comfort level for John, though, too, knowing that somebody is is similar to him in a way the fact that old bear had his father tell him the same thing that ned told john about these trees and about being dishonest in front of them it it's just a a familiar tie back for him mm-hmm. and it's i mean it's one of those things where you could immediately disprove it on the spot if you were so inclined i mean these are holy men they wish to believe that that is true but john could just just as well say like I'm a hot redheaded blonde female in front of that tree. And if the words left his mouth, you'd be able to know that, you know, it weren't in fact true. It's something you could disprove right away. But, you know, it's just one of those things that adds a mysticism and a level of just kind of religion and theology to it. It's, it's super important. And they're in a, a sort of hallowed place right now. And, and the fact that it's deserted just adds not only to the creeper effect, but it gives the sense of foreboding, which I was just mentioning earlier too, that these wildlings, whoever they were that lived here north of the wall in this town, um, which, you know, whose name, by the way, they found on one of Sam's old maps, these wildlings left and they took everything with them. And the people don't know why the Rangers are still not quite sure, but John knows because he's seen the white and so has old bear you know they they realize that these wildlings and i think it's not difficult for any of them to assume they're leaving because the white walkers are coming and coming back or coming to them or they're in danger it's not cool that they're carrying that dude's head around in a burlap (laughs) sack no not at all it's burlap well you know sometimes micah you just need a guy to wink at you (laughs) I think that they left the village because they were going to join up with Mance. I mean, it's not really said, but there's a few reasons why they could have left. I mean, they could be scared of something. It could be getting way too cold or they could be all joining together and making an army. Yeah. I mean, either they fled because there was imminent danger to them as a result of a huge White Walker population coming towards them or Mance is rallying the troops. Called um, the banners. Called the banners, essentially. Well, Where well, this are is, four this goes... from White Tree? Yeah. <laughs> if you four don't show up next at the reunion, I'm going to be very upset, he said to them at the last reunion. Well, this is weird because it's one step further than Brotherhood without banners, right? <laughs> These are wildlings. They don't even have a civilization, necessarily. But he called them. Um, and they're going to gather and eventually try and try and get to the other side of the wall. Just looking at these two together, I can't get over uh, how many Danny John parallel theories I've heard just throughout the course oh. of recording this show. And it doesn't mean that they have to be kin in any way. It doesn't mean that they even have to meet each other. But 
what it is doing is George is clearly uh, inputting that these two Mormons are eldering, if that's a word. They're eldering these two people that are out of water. I don't want to say fish out of water because they're not necessarily fish out of water. That would be strange. But John is north of the wall. John is is has taken the black. He's a man of the wall now. He's a man of the night's watch. And Danny is... You know, stranded way far east in the desert trying to figure shit out while mustering her own army and dealing with all the bad stuff that's happened to her. I'm just saying that they're both in sort of desolate, juxtaposed weather situations, you know, and the same sort of things are happening. And it's just it's so interesting that this is how he decided to tell this part of the story. And it makes me curious and almost just blatantly obvious to the fact that not only does Danny have a great future ahead of her and i also think that john has some destiny just basing off of what he's showing us here it's the hair isn't it it is they both have gorgeous locks i forgot to mention that <laughs> he stands in front of the heart tree and he's like my hair is ugly that would, that would be rough for sam I, I i don't know what he would do well you know he the first word that he taught his ravens was snow can we just yeah. pour, can we just pour one out for for that affection that was shown to john right then and there i mean he says i've taught some of them to say snow and john's like okay that's kind of creepy dude give me space but he's also like yeah 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 um i think he's flattered but it's just weird it's a little weird to teach ravens to say snow why would they need to say snow are they well there's a lot of snow everywhere well that's the thing is snow up there means death too apparently so it doesn't just mean bastard boy it means winter's coming bitches um, so I, I don't know. It's just a weird word to teach them. I don't know how Sam chose to teach them that word in particular, but I saw it as a sign of affection for John. Yeah, probably. Uh, I, yes, that's, that's the more important <laughs> word though. Cause that means food. Right. <laughs> but, uh, I just like how also the, uh, the religious aspect or the, the mystical element is building in these last couple of chapters or, you know, listening to uh, to Monday's episode, you guys talked a little bit about uh, Piat Pre showing up uh, mm, in that Mr. Chapter. Blue Lips. Yes. Yeah, so, so you have that. You have uh, what's taking place now beyond the wall, and even going back a couple of chapters, looking at Theon and and the Drown God, and and talking before that about Melisandre, and and you know the, this whole Red Priest Priestess cult that exists. You know it. They're building another dimension, or I should say George is building another dimension to this entire story. It's it's not just about the, the battle that's taking place between the Starks and the Lannisters anymore. It's expanded far beyond that at this point. It, it, it's like going from saving your life to worry to being being worried about saving your life to being worried about saving your soul. It's just like one one step further into the depths of – are there dementors? Is that what that's maybe? What maybe I just mean yes. religiously. You know, we oh. find these religion has a very uniquely prominent role in some of these people's lives, especially Melisandre, as you brought up. But uh, this weirwood tree, which is I think eight feet in diameter, uh, is I think what it is is said is this huge symbol of a time long past, and I think uh, Gior Old Bear says. God, I hope that's being pronounced right. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, I was just thinking of uh, the young Prince George who was born just a few days ago. Old Bear mentions old Old Bear mentions the children of the forest treehouse, and it was said that they could speak to the dead. Um, And actually, there's a great line in here. I wish I could remember who said it. I I think I wrote it down about if dead men could speak, 
who's to say they wouldn't be just as dishonest as living men? Um, great line. And uh, this chapter, even though it was so short, was 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 that Dolores Ed? Re- yeah, I think it was Dolores Ed. I call him Dolores. 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 Him, him, him. Um, But uh, I I, I think it was Dolores Ed. uh, Was that the audiobook hymns that you just did? Yeah, that was him, him. We can can insert it in the show, but it would be a waste of time uh, trying to source it. But uh, no, no, no. So, so, you know, I think this chapter, even though it was short, was was very enjoyable. And you're right. It had a lot of overtones and it connected really well with the other chapters, which in ways I didn't expect uh, first or second time I even listening. Particularly here. I think what we get to see of John and Sam's interaction is that, you know, there's a lot of fear around the camp and everyone's kind of lost a bit of morale. You know, they started out joking, having a good time, trading old football stories, but now everyone's scared and everyone's just getting a little bit more freaked out about everything, especially with this shit happening. But when he speaks to Sam, Sam's like, nah, I've just been working on my maps. Like, I figure <laughs> if if I made it past the first few days and, and things didn't really get crazy, he's like, well, how much worse could it be, you know? We're just doing this thing and this is what we're going to do. So we might as well enjoy it. And John's like, damn, the person that admits he's a coward because he did. in like the sentence before that, he's like, I may be a craven, but I'm not stupid. The guy who admits he's a coward and a whole party of people that are just men, you know, he is the only one that is not really bothered by all of this. And I just think that yet again, George is just telling us, like, study guys, eat your witties and be strong people. And, you know. This is the kind of person he's saying is is good in this particular situation, which is dangerous. So that's interesting. Yeah, I agree. And Sam holds out his hand and says, "John, look at my hand." It like for for to to show him that it's not shaking. Um, you know, this is this is pretty. It's a visual chapter, of course. Um, but you're right, and I, I think Sam. Um, you know, all these men are trained to be warriors, and they're they're sent out to to find these wildling camps. And they don't – I think they'd prefer to be fighting wildlings and fighting to the death and having action. You know, it really just unnerves them to no end to find houses like the one in, or the four in White Tree um, that are empty and deserted and have been long since or, you know, a little distantly uh, abandoned. And that's what's really getting to them is that they're not finding anybody and it's really – even the game is has left. Even the animals ghost Jon Snow's direwolf is not having much more luck at finding things to eat than the men are. And that's really what what bothers them, is it is super eerie to see literally no habitation where there used to be. There's clearly a sign of of an advanced culture. There's, you know, houses underneath this tree, but no animals or people are in sight besides them, and that just gets to them. Yeah, and you don't want hungry wolves. That's not good. <laughs> I know, the wolf and the bear. If Ghost ate Chet in this chapter, that would be my own of this chapter. <laughs> Unfortunately, he did not. So it will have to go to Samuel Tarley for... Training the bird to say words, that's cool, because it's a raven. It's not quite a parrot. Maybe that's their version. Maybe ravens do say words and stuff. That's cool. I've never had a pet raven. But if I did, I'd probably get him to say stuff like, card! And Chef! <laughs> and also for uh, daydreaming about flying away on the bird. He goes, I wish the bird would carry me back to the <laughs> roost. So that's not going to happen, Sam. At least not until, like, book Thanks, five sir. and they've... <laughs> they've discovered some potions so yes sam you get my own of the chapter sir because oh, so nice. you were the standout for so. me do you have an own i do okay let's hear it i i really thought that moment where john was thinking about aria was an own moment he okay. was talking about 
having the opportunity to muss up her hair again and not knowing if he would have the chance. Oh, we got some real brotherly or half-brotherly love from Jon Snow. I agree. I think that's an own moment. It is. Yeah. And and I would give my own. Uh, Eric, you brought it up before, but just the courage side of Sam and the fact that despite everything that's going wrong, Sam still seems to be that character who, you know, he's 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 realistic. You know, even though he probably should be shitting his pants right now, and who knows, (laughs) maybe he is. You know, he's he's calmed down quite a bit, and I think that that's that's an interesting character trait that George is bringing forward about him. He's a tough dude. He is. He is. Yeah. Um, And my own, uh, I was going to give it to the White Tree, um, because it does completely cover the village that it's uh, over or surrounding. But I'm going to skip that uh, and give it to an even further inanimate object, (laughs) the the letter – and trees are animate because they're alive, at least. The letter the letter that gets sent to Eamon... No, f- bear with me here. I'm bear bearing. <laughs> okay, you're bearing. Old Bear, speaking of bearing. Old I'm bear, bearing right now. Old Bear Starting has... Starting with my shoes. Old Bear has John send an update as to where they are. Um, You know, we're at the fourth village. It's blank. Da-da-da-da. Gets John to send this letter to Ma- Meister Eamon. Isn't Meister Eamon blind? Yes. Yes. So the letter is going to own him upon its arrival. I'm just He saying wrote that. it in Braille. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think he's got somebody back at the wall to read it to him? I'm just what's the point of writing a letter? Why, then why not address it to the squire of my <laughs> Wow, that's just that's just rough, Eric. Come I on. see your point, but come on. I of course mean no offense. I'll take it back and give it to the tree. I mean no offense to any of our sight impaired listeners. I really don't mean any offense. You know, the fact that they did build all the houses underneath the tree, like this is where I want to live. Like that was something that I would have wanted when I was a kid. And lucky for me, that's still what I want now. So <laughs> it hasn't changed much since then. Tree houses, houses under a tree, hollowed out trees, a house. Hell, I'll take it all. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm surprised that Giant didn't find any uh, houses up there when he was climbing that tree. He didn't look hard enough. Oh, yeah, clearly. I bet there are tree houses in there. Can I give a uh, additional own, though? Just just really briefly. I don't to, know. Your, uh, alto e- your alter ego also gave an, already gave an own. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We don't Wait, have enough who's people Who's my alter here. ego? Uh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Eric. Yeah, uh, okay. Selena? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Don't ruin the secret, Micah, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was just going to give an own to Benjamin Stark for showing up yet again in a chapter and making people think that perhaps uh, he will have some sort of relevance at some point uh, in this book. <laughs> Or series, for that matter. And then also Corin Halfhand. He did get a mention. He did. Mm. Conversations. Conversations. And if you would like to begin one with us, there are many ways to do so. Your own oriented conversations will be spoken about now. Yes, of course. Well, uh, we've got... I got one here. It is from... Well, depending on how you'd like to read this Twitter name, it's either... P. Louisa or Pluisa. What do you think? Pluisa. Yes. Okay. Pluisa's cool. Yeah, go with that. She writes in and says, Chapter John 2. I like how she did that. Uh, the heart tree owned the village and the crows. Neither a funeral pyre or Thorin Smallwood's axe could touch it. It's true. 
It is true. It is very true. Names to consider for the royal baby. Okay, so we got some non-owned tweets here we're, we're, we're going to share right now. Letty Nardone uh, says names to consider for the royal baby. Ned, Rob, John. Names not in the running. The- Theon, <laughs> Tyrion, Joffrey. Okay. Why wouldn't why wouldn't Tyrion be in the running? I don't know. This person doesn't like Tyrion. That's uh, not cool. Everybody send uh, Letty, uh, which is Twitter at Letty Librarian, uh, some hate <laughs> hate hate tweets for uh, not allowing <laughs> Tyrion tweets. to uh, to be in the running. No, I'm kidding. Um, I have <laughs> profound respect for librarians and and Ned, Rob, and John. Um, well, should, should we, should we break the news? Uh, you talked about it earlier in the episode, Eric. I don't yes. think any of those names made the cut, no. unfortunately. Each one of those names no. is better than the name I think that was chosen, um, which was, is it George Lewis Alexander of Cambridge? I think, I think it's George Alexander Lewis, isn't it? Of Cambridge, of George Alexander Lewis. <laughs> no, n- no relation to- Of Cambridge. Yeah, no relation to George Lewis Costanza, apparently. Well, that's good to know. This is or, just or Jason Alexander, who you played you him. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Twitter is just blowing up with this. Well, it's, we're sad to see that Ned, John, or any of those other names were not utilized. Per- perhaps, perhaps he will play one of Robert's bastards in the upcoming season four. Wow. I wasn't sure the baby was born yet, so it is It is born now. It is. It's born. It's yes. alive. It is alive. Well, there was something I asked everybody about on Monday that I was afraid everyone was just going to laugh at and make fun of me for because I'm kind of a geek, but you didn't. Some people wrote back in, and the rest of you laughed silence and silence, and uh, Atomic, Atomics, excuse me, that's a... It's a soft X. Wrote it on the winter's coming on uh, some of the comments. He said, I imagine the father playing like a cross between a pally and a hunter. So I'd rock the father as a main range DPS the father provides. No tank for me. But maiden off equals tank. So that would be a solid secondary to the Smith for an alt. So that if anyone understood what that just said, I completely did. Uh, very cool. Another person on Twitter that wrote in. Daniel K. What just happened? Yes. He says, my MMO character would be a dual spec stranger. Okay, Eric. Yeah. With the warrior. So that means pure death. Equals pure death. So nobody can tell me not today. Love the podcast. Now that is interesting. Stranger and warrior could be good. I think so. Yeah. I really do want to see these other <laughs> gods making an appearance in the books. Uh, we haven't yet. You know, I mean, there's still time. There are five books left. And then Shane Epps wrote on Twitter. He said, totally had to stop the episode because I need to tweet y'all to say what I to say that I will definitely be crone class. Can I, can I say, though, uh, Zach, I really liked your idea for this video game, and I think it should happen right away. How cool would that be, right? That'd be very cool. That'd be so interesting and stuff. Maybe that's whatever. So, yeah, that was something. And- can, can I write in to, to his .co and and see what your recommendations are for a Game of Thrones video <laughs> game and see if that yeah. <laughs> progresses beyond. It'd be a very similar answer. Well, I, I got a tweet, too. I do want to bring this up. It is, is goo-related. Um, and this is the person I, – I, I mentioned on the, the Theon episode that there was somebody who offended me uh, with a reply to my announcement that I had written an essay. The actual tweet was, Can it you tool? That I received from uh, <laughs> is that their serious? username? No, 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 no. The oh. us- and they wrote me back uh, earlier today. Uh, this is the the follow up uh, tweet from Nedro, who had previously said, "Can it you tool?" Um, 
So I'm a little behind and just listened to your Theon bit. I didn't dislike it. And then there was a follow-up tweet. I do find it interesting, however, that you feel compelled to defend him. By the way, thanks for the shout-out. So. Well, actually, I defended him somewhat in that episode I think we well. all defended Theon t- in somewhat. I wasn't in that episode. Yeah. I just raised my hand like I was in school. You're, you're, you're clean. <laughs> you're untainted, Zach. Okay. No, it's I true. didn't even have to edit it. You do so. not have defending Theon blood on your hands, Zach, yep. so you can feel good about it. But no, I, I think that uh, if you somehow skipped over that episode, and, and we've talked about this before, even though it's titled Everybody Hates Theon, it's actually a lot about a loving Theon. And uh, just just listen. It's good character yep. discussion on the part of Selena and myself and Zach who couldn't make it and, my, and uh, Micah. Yeah, I did great in that episode. You did guys. excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we've you're, been drawn. You were the best panelist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. About Twitter because it's Friday and it has gotten kind of late. Um, so this is one of those moments where we go, all right, boys, what do we do now? And then we tell you to send us those tweets because that is like blood and blood carries all of the things that we need to survive. So keep our, our vascular system. <laughs> A moving and send us tweets and emails because we do this literally. We literally do this for you. That is the truth. Three times the a week. The one hundred percent truth. You Three are times the a week. Lifeblood of this show. You're continually sending owns. Because look, we can tell you what owns, but you can also tell us what owns. And which would yeah. you prefer, really? Yeah. The beautiful thing about this this whole uh, show is none of us are scholars on owns and some of you may be so send us those and we'll consider everything an, yes if any of you have an mba on owns in ownology uh yes. just let us know and you can be on the show so uh, again zach mentioned the twitter that's twitter.com slash game of owns at game of owns on twitter we're on facebook facebook.com slash game of owns you can write on our wall we sometimes go on there we sometimes don't it's a bit of a journey for us sand um, patrols though so you might run into them. Sam patrols the wall fairly often, fairly frequently, I should say. And you can email us. Our email address is contact at gameofowns.com. That's where we want you to send your longer format responses, rebuttals, comments, anything you think of whatsoever that you think would be Love letters. Love letters. That's the ones I want to read, wedding, guys. Wedding requests, marriage requests. Reading um, requests too. We heard that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is doing bot mitzvahs. We also do bot mitzvahs. You just have to uh, email in and ask us. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. And uh, another way that uh, you all can uh, connect with us is on iTunes, where you most likely downloaded the show. And if you didn't, and you happen to be listening to it on GameOfOwns dot com or WinnersComing.net, just uh, head on over to iTunes, why don't you, and give us some of your feedback. There's a nice little bar there which has five stars, and you can make them all light up like a uh, downsized menorah on Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way that you do that is just by selecting five stars. Pressing. And... I, I, I just <laughs> thought of something. Seriously, Micah, the, uh, the white tree lit up like a Christmas what? tree. <laughs> How cool would that be? Well, we we will have to talk to iTunes about getting that added as a new yeah, feature. Maybe. Well, I mean, it would trump Rockefeller Center seriously if if White Tree in the books could be lit up like a like a Christmas tree. Well, it could be the Rockefeller Center of North Beyond of the, Wall. the Wall. Yeah, yes. that's that's true. That's true. But with far less people showing up <laughs> each and no, year, and no camel petting zoos. Right? Was that at Rockefeller that you saw? Was it? 
Well, we thought this episode was going to be ten minutes long too. It's not <laughs> a petting zoo. These these are are camels who are hard pressed for good money, and they yeah. sell themselves to Radio City Music Hall every fall and winter uh, to appear in the Radio City Christmas Spectacular, and uh, it's it's actually Winter Coo's company that. Um, you know, goes and gets these these camels hired. Uh, for H- humps and bumps entertainment, right? That's humps the name and of bumps <laughs> entertainment is right. Um, I I think Winter Coo will actually appreciate you. Uh, you know, putting out the name of his company. Second on the show. sponsor of the show, yeah. Humps yes. and Bumps Entertainment. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Humps and Bumps. <laughs> what day it's, is it? What it's, day? Is- it's not what you think it is. It's actually a camel. Uh, Employment company. So rate us five stars and support camels everywhere, especially Rockefeller Center during the cold winter months. Winter Coup will thank you. And please, yes, he will. for the love of all things in the light of the seven, will you please have a bodaciously great weekend and watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? What, what about Bogus Journey? What I, about- I mentioned iTunes earlier, but I, this review uh, that we received just really, really, um, you know, it blew my mind. So I wanted to share it with you. Uh, it's it's from Game of Thrones fan thirty nine, so I'm glad that number thirty nine wrote in. Yep. <laughs> Where are the um, other thirty eight? Seriously, uh, he or she or maybe both uh, said with the headline "Can't Stop Listening," <gasps> great podcast. Uh-huh. So I just thought sometimes it's simplicity, you know. This listener uh, would know how to. Uh, do this chapter episode <laughs> in 15 minutes or less. Uh, something we can learn. Something we could all take with so us. So enjoy your weekend me. succinctly or three times a week. Hey, we're starting with Aria. That's all I know. So send us your future owns, your phones. Send us all your phones. Send I'm us Zach your phones. Chloe. I'm Eric Skull. <laughs> and I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And don't forget, visit www.humpsandbumps.com. <laughs> Only don't if you're 18 years of age or older. Support the camels. Please don't visit that link. I'm sure it's a thing. We have to. It's actually speedbumpsandhumps.com. It oh. redirects. Oh, weird. That's awkward. That's really awkward. What about humps and bumps? Let's see. <laughs> so that's what Black Eyed Peas was singing about. Nope, that directs there too. So uh, we're done, right? I can stop recording. I tried co.uk. That nothing. <laughs> I wouldn't Google search humpsandbumps.com. Dude, I, you can it, buy speed bumps online. It's okay. I This I, changes everything. <laughs>